Hi everyone, it's Karen Chong. Welcome to another episode of Mastering Your World Through Frequencies, where we explore how frequencies shape our world and begin to release the unconscious patterns that keep us stuck so we can realize our greatest potential. Even if we're not consciously aware of it, grief is often very prevalent and interwoven in our lives. Whether it's people you love having passed on, or you've left a relationship that no longer served you, or even if you're moving into a newer, better version of yourself, we can grieve the loss of what was, even those things that we know weren't really good for us. It can be such a visceral emotion, feeling like we'll never emerge from it. Today we're discussing how to best journey through grief, the importance of and the reason for the grief process, and what to watch out for. And after the discussion, we get to the most important part of this episode. The group frequency calibration at the end is where the frequency work happens and where change actually occurs. So be sure to listen to that. Without releasing distortion patterns targeted by the GFC, the change you want will be more difficult to attain because you haven't addressed the root of the issue. Today, in Mastering Your World Through Frequencies, we're discussing the unexpected connection between grief and growth. So we're going to talk about grief today. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's a huge topic. Mm -hmm. So where do you start? Where do you end? You know, mm -hmm. and um, I'm not sure grief ever ends. And I know for myself, from my own experience, it can be really consuming and mm -hmm. feel like I'm never, ever going to get beyond this. So I'm just wondering, at a frequency level, what's actually happening? <laughs> yeah, like why is it so all-consuming? Why is it so all-consuming? Yeah, know? totally. So I'm just going to say that when we're talking about grief, a lot of people associate grief with the death of somebody, right? So the death of a loved one or something like this. Mm -hmm. But to me, grief is much more um, interwoven into our lives because it often happens when we transition from one thing to another. So even, for example, if you're a woman and you transition from you know, um, having your cycle and then not. So when you go into menopause, there's a grief there. There's a grief even when, for example, you um, move, right? So you, even if you want to move and you desire to move, there's a grief because you've had your home in this place and, you know, you've created a life there and then now you're leaving. Or even when you rise in your frequency resonance. So you used to be a way, a certain way, and you want to grow, you want to change, you want to become better. But the leaving of that version of yourself can be one that invokes grief because it used to be one way and now it's something else. So to me, grief is very interwoven in the human experience. So we're hardwired for it. So it's actually, to me, when I scan, it's hardwired like into our nervous system so that when we actually leave one thing and move to another, it can feel all-consuming because it's not just emotional to me. It's actually wired into the body into your nervous system. So you're, it feels like everything's firing on all levels for grief, right? So it's like you think about the loss, you feel the loss, and it's in your body. Yeah. So it can be really difficult to move away from that because in a way, our bodies start to become a, kind of addicted to that that chemical, biochemical response. Oh, a bit like the adrenaline junkie yes. kind of thing. Or like sugar. If you eat a lot of sugar, your body starts to create a lot of different things to manage that sugar. And our bodies like that response and they kind of get addicted to it. Or even with a person, right? The chemistry between two people. We kind of like that response. And when that relationship ends, we're seeking that chemical response, even though we think we're looking just for the relationship. Yeah. So with grief, it's somewhat similar. Our bodies kind of like hang on to that state of grief mm -hmm. in addition to even if you want to separate from that grief emotionally psychologically it can be really difficult because the body's hanging on to it because yeah. i found myself you know like you say with um moving into menopause i never wanted any more children you know yeah. I, I was quite happy but the the idea that that moment a time had come to a complete end like it, there was no turning back yeah I started grieving. I'm like, I don't even know why I'm grieving. Yeah. I just I didn't even understand the response. And then I wondered, this is why I was posing the question. Mm. There was an element of appreciation for what had been. Yeah. And but yeah, at the time I didn't even recognize that that would come. Yes. And I wasn't sure, okay, so is grief some kind of tool as well mm -hmm. that helps us um, maybe reflect? 
yeah, reflect and consolidate on something mm -hmm. and be ready to take yes. the next step. Yes. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it is because oftentimes when we're grieving, there is introspection. It's like people who are grieving aren't like going out and like, you know, partying typically unless you're in denial of the grief and you don't want to experience it. Mm -hmm. That you could do that. But I'm saying if you're actually feeling the grief and you're in it and you're with it, typically it's more inward of an experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not an outward kind of emotional experience. So I do agree with you. I feel like it's a really important part of the human process, I feel like, because it, like you said, it gives you time to reflect, to see how much you have changed, what else has changed around you. And if you're in grief in a way that you can have, you're surrendered to it and also have distance for it, from it, you can see how it's helping you become what you're moving into. Right, so when you say surrender, mm -hmm. so we, we want to avoid the addiction of it. Yes. So when we surrender, we're just allowing this to sweep over us. Yes, and to have it. And, and to give ourselves permission to grieve. Yeah. And then at the same time, we're looking for a little bit of distance. Yeah. Um, well, explain that a little bit Yeah, to me. so what I, it's interesting. <clears throat> Someone asked me this once, um, who was in the Living Your Brilliance um, series, and she had just lost her mom, who right. she was very close to. And she's like, well, I, I feel grief sometimes, but I want to stay in my center. And it was sort of like she thought that not feeling the grief meant that she was neutral. Like being in that neutral state with regards oh. to the grief was a positive thing because she didn't want to experience it too much. Because this is the person who's closest to her. Mm -hmm. And she was afraid of her mother's death, death the most because she was so close to her. So, but my response to her was, you need to allow yourself to grieve because that's the human experience. Because if you try to pull yourself into neutrality, it's a false neutrality, because you are human. And so, like I said, it's wired through all of you. <laughs> so you need to have that emotion to experience it, to have the completion of it. Mm. And a lot of people will do a lot of things to avoid experiencing grief, oh, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So what she was doing was like a false neutrality. She's trying to like not experience it and some people will distract themselves from grief like they'll drink a lot or they'll eat a lot or they'll do what be really 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 busy so they don't have to experience the grief that's what i mean by allow right so you're grieving allow grief and it's not going to be it's like 20 like when my dad passed away i was in grief i was very close to my father but it wasn't 24 7 it comes in waves mm -hmm. and at the beginning the waves last longer and then as time went on the waves got shorter meaning like i would have grief and still today it's been, I don't know how many years now since he's passed away, like at least four or five, I can't remember at this particular moment. But there are moments where I grieve my father still, mm. you know? It's not like it's I've just like chucked the grief. It's, it's just that it's not as long in my experience. It's not as present for as much of the time. Yeah. So when you say, what do you mean by distance? Okay, so it's to experience the grief and also be aware of your body and being in your center with it. So you don't it's funny, we can, with grief, we can almost hang on to it because we want to hang on to that experience. The person, the relationship, the circumstance, we kind of confuse mm -hmm. the loss with the grief. So we kind of want to hang on to the grief because like if we let it go, then we really truly let go of that thing that we're moving away from. Do you see what I'm saying? We confuse the grief for the letting go of that person, meaning that we acknowledge that that no longer is and we are accepting of it and have surrendered to it and are moving you know forward from it yeah I kind of I think I've heard something similar where people get anxious and worried because they can't remember yes the memory's gone and they're they're desperately trying to keep that memory yeah and is that the similar kind of yes thing? exactly and so the grief for them is that anchor to the memory of that person right but the thing is the memory of the person and the grief aren't the same I mean we conflate them meaning we think that they're the same we try to make them the same but they're not. So I'm just going to back up. So I said a number of things that may sound contradictory. So one, to allow yourself to grieve, to have it, to stay centered in yourself, to notice if you're trying to hang on to the grief because you're trying to hang on to that person or circumstance or whatever it was, mm -hmm. the way it was. Mm -hmm. To notice why it is you want to attach to that, like why you're afraid of letting that go, to help release those patterns, you know, to release, to focus on releasing those patterns, I mean. And then to allow yourself when you have those moments of grief to have them, but to stay centered in yourself. And to, you know, you see what I'm saying? So that you can experience something other than the grief. Because if we tr if we start to attach to the grief, it becomes our anchor point and the primary filter through which we see our reality. And when you start to do that, that 
starts to color what it is that you're able to experience as a possibility. Because grief, when it's held onto for too long, is heavy. I'm not saying it's not part of the human experience. It is. But if you hang on to it for an extended period of time, beyond, you know, whatever is normal or whatever, I don't know what normal is, but, you know, whatever is appropriate for you, mm. then it can start to limit where you can go in terms of what you experience in life because it, it pulls your resonance down. It, it's held on to for too long, okay? Having the grief for a period of time, it's like any kind of death experience. You have it, it's heavy, and then you have the experience and you move through it. But I'm talking about if you hold on to it. Yeah, because it sounds like, so if we're hanging on to that, we're maybe not hanging on to the grief, but we're hanging on to the memories yes. and the loss. Of yeah. course, that's going to be heavy because it's yeah. you're being pulled back in time all the, all yes, the time, that's right? right? So, on the timeline. Yeah. Okay, but if we grieve in a way that nurtures us mm -hmm. at the same time, mm -hmm. I, I can say nurture because I've seen my husband do it uh, and a lot of the people in Ireland do it. Mm -hmm. They celebrate the person's life. Yeah as opposed to grieving the loss of the person. Yeah. But there's grief in it. Oh, for sure. You know? But it's in the celebration of the person. Absolutely. And I've seen how uh, they can move on quicker, I've noticed. Yes. Because of it. Because even if they're mem remembering, they're remembering a, a really amazing aspect of the person. Even yes. if it was something that really didn't make them too popular, <laughs> you know, they can still have a bit of a laugh about oh, it. Oh, totally. Right? Yeah. And so uh, that's, I guess what I'm understanding is, okay, so maybe the, there's that little fine difference between the weight of something is the distortion on not letting that loss go. Yes. But the grief can be celebratory at the same time, Absolutely, right? yeah. And it's actually when it becomes celebratory, I feel like that's when you know that you're um, moving through the journey of grief. Uh, yeah. So like when my dad passed away, my mom was in grief for a very long period of time. And so what I noticed in her is that she would romanticize her memory of him. So everything that man did in his life was like angelic, okay? <laughs> you know what I mean, I was just like, what, are we remembering the same guy? <laughs> I mean, I love my father, okay? But he was not angelic, all right, just for me, to be clear. So, but she always remembered him as this, like, you know, kind of almost like a perfect being. And then what would happen is over time, as she moved through her own journey of grief, and as she released the loss aspect of it, she would remember the things that drove her nuts, but laugh about it. You know what I mean? Like he would always drive me nuts because he would always tell me to be careful when I was crossing the street, but she would give it a laugh, you know, because she appreciated the care. Yeah. So it's almost like this turn that can happen. And because the Irish have it in their culture, mm -hmm. that they celebrate that from the get-go, it's almost like they can move through that journey of grief more easily because they're already at that point. There's no like false romanticization of the person yeah. or the memory of it because you don't want to, it's almost like for her, I'm not saying this is the case for everyone, it's like she didn't want to dishonor her memory of him mm. by remembering him as he really was. It's like she had this like image of him that was perfect. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't really the experience, but we had to wait for her to get to that point where it was like, okay, this is actually how he was. Yeah. And he was amazing in some ways, and boy, was he a pain in the ass in others. <laughs> <laughs> like every human being, Like right? every human, you know? <laughs> yeah, because I, I, for me, it's it's a really tricky point because I understand there's life after death. I mean, you know, and I know that they're transcending and transforming, and yay, I should be happy for them, but I'm here having this human experience, very human experience, and I'm in pain, mm -hmm. and I miss them. You know, yeah. I want to pick up the phone and say, hey, how's your day? Or I'm coming over for a cuppa. And they're not there. I mean, yeah. how am I supposed to get beyond that? You know, yeah. I can't just be happy now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, am I being selfish? No, not at all. And I think that it's totally normal. I mean, I, I, it's funny. That's why I mean by the grief is wired into your nervous system. And that's why it feels painful, like physically painful. Um, for some of us. And, you know, we could feel gutted. That's So there's an expression. It sounds terrible to Americans, potentially, or Canadians who are watching this. But there's an expression, you know, in the UK, like feeling gutted when something oh, happens, right? Because totally. it literally is, feels like you're being eviscerated, right? Some of the pain. And it could be grief for somebody who's passed away. It could be grief from the break, a breakup mm -hmm. in a relationship. That feeling, you know, we've all had this feeling when you've broken up with somebody. It feels like you're being eviscerated. Like you're just like, oh my God, you know, it, it feels terrible. And you're in that grief of that loss, of that c connection. Mm -hmm. So it is normal. And the thing is, it's like your body's wired for it. 
And so part of the journey through grief is for your body to start also pacing with the release of, you know, meaning release of the loss. Mm, Make sense? Yeah. It's not, you're not exactly releasing the person. It's like you're releasing the loss. And I feel like as your, as your, as your resonance rises or as your vibrational level rises, part of that is that it's not about not feeling the grief. It's about knowing that it's not all of you. So you still feel your center, you still feel your breath, you still feel your body, you still feel your connection. And you're like, and I'm having this experience that freaking sucks. Yeah. And I'm in it. And there's something more. So that's what I mean. It doesn't consume you. It doesn't, it's not like you don't experience it. Yeah. It's just that you recognize that it's a human emotion and there is part of you that is bigger than that emotion. Yeah. That brings me back to that comment that I heard just yesterday. I thought the timing was amazing where the guy said, um, you know, he was in grief and he didn't know how to get through it. But then he realized it was never going to leave him. Yep. For whatever reason, grief leaves a mark, right? Mm -hmm. But what he understood his job or his part in it was to make himself bigger. Yeah. So it got me thinking, hey, so grief, that's why I said is grief a tool. You know, you mm -hmm. go to the depths or the most visceral experience of being human and, and that loss, but somehow there's this opportunity to make yourself grander yes. or bigger. Yeah. And maybe that's, you know, maybe I'm just fantasizing. I, but, think you so. know. I think it depends on your resonance. So to, to, in my mind, grief can do a couple of things. One is it makes you, can have you introspect, appreciate where you were, the person, etc., how much you've grown and give you context for where you're going. Mm -hmm. The second thing is it can, can catalyze tremendous surrender because you're in grief, which is an internal state. So at some point, for some people, that grief is so strong, you have to surrender. There's nowhere else to go. I mean, you can grieve many things, including the loss of a business, the loss of a house, the loss of whatever. It doesn't mm. really matter. Yeah, right? it's grief. It's grief, <laughs> right? I mean, your child becoming a teenager, for example. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Because they're no longer little anymore. They're, they're different now. So there's grief in the growing up. I mean, there's, I'm saying, grief is everywhere. It's not just in, like, someone dying. Yeah. So... The thing is, but it can catalyze surrender in a different way. And mm. when you catalyze surrender, it really pulls you into that present moment. And you have the opportunity to be aware of you from the big S self perspective. Yeah. You as infinite indestructible consciousness, given the context of the infiniteness that you are, this is human experience. And in some ways, it's kind of glorious. Yeah. I mean, I, please know, I'm not saying that like grief is amazing. Just stay in it. I, I didn't say that. No. I'm just saying that as a visceral human experience, there's something beautiful about it. There's an opportunity. Yes. Yeah. To see it that way. Yeah. Because I can I can understand that as a mother with two teenagers and um, watching them grow and, and combining everything you said. I can see I'm already grieving. They haven't left the house yet, but I'm already grieving. Yeah. And I understand it's a moment for me to do this introspection. Yeah. I can see, okay, why is this happening? Why am I grieving already? And I can see everywhere where, oh, okay, so this is where I need to heal or grow bigger. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I can see how it works that way. And then I can see how you have this moment where it's a, an extremely human experience and yet you can expand into a grander experience of that again. Yeah. So you've got the introspection happening, or the grief, but you've also got this, all right, what's possible? Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. And the other thing about grief is it's an amazing opportunity to imagine, to be aware of how you identified yourself in relation to somebody else or totally. something else. And then you're like, okay, do I want that part of my identity? And or can I shift it? You know, it's just like an opportunity, like you said, to introspect to because it's a huge release. Right? Mm -hmm. It's dissolution. That's what grief is, you know, and it's kind of like I've heard a lot in um, poetry or different native traditions where grief is often like dark waters. Mm -hmm. No, not dark, like, wah, 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 but no. I mean, you know what I mean? Like deep, deep, deep waters. Mm -hmm. And like, OK, so if it's like that, then it's like, well, what? is no longer serving me. What can I let go in this grief? Along with this grief, what can I release? Yeah. So that's what I mean, it deepens surrender. It is a really tremendous catalyst for surrender. And I'm not trying in this discussion, we're not suggesting that there's no very human emotional pain in it. Oh, there is, yeah. oh, you know? Very much so. And yeah. it serves a bigger purpose. Oh yeah, it can. It can, right? It can. If you, if yes. you surrender, mm -hmm. I think it is possible. I mean, I've seen it 
and heard it in lots of different countries. And one in particular, a lady, I mean, this is a, a topic that no mother ever wants to ever have to face, yeah. you know, the loss of a, a, a child. child. And I've watched this woman grieve in, in pain, you know, pure pain, and then at the same time watch this woman project her life in a completely different direction yeah. and become an, a new iteration of herself and mm -hmm. say, how, how yeah. does this happen, you know? Yeah. Yet she has never stopped grieving. Yes. But she has taken it and went, okay, I gotta make myself bigger. Yeah. You know? Yes. And how do I move through? Because grief is a way you know, of dealing with the death of something. Mm -hmm. It's like what, like everything is cyclical, right? So from this death of this thing that has been lost, a relationship, a way of being, a whatever, a person, what can spring from it? Like what life can come from it, mm -hmm. right? And it's not a negation to the grief or the memory of that, you know, the honoring of that relationship, person, whatever it was. It's like, how can, how from this, can I become wiser, stronger, contribute more, whatever it is, be more connected, whatever the thing is for you, or yeah. all of those things. Yeah. You know? And then it becomes a celebration. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And I'd also like to touch upon, because it, like grief has a lot of different faces, and it, I want to be gentle when I talk about this, mm -hmm. you know. But at the same level, I'm really aware that there's a global grief happening. Mm -hmm. Now, we have the individual grief. And at first I thought I was making it up, but there seems to be this global uh, release or something or a death or something that mm -hmm. we're all picking up on different ways of grieving. Yes. But none of us really know what this grief is. 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 Can you talk to that at yeah. all? So when we move, and so for those of you who've been following um, what we've been talking about and Mastering Your World Through Frequencies so the different programs that we offer, I've been talking for a while about a movement from one consciousness level to another. Okay, and people are like, okay, well, that's a nice theoretical idea, but I don't really know what that means. Mm. It means that you enter a state where your vibration level is higher, and so meaning your experience of life is different, how we interact between each other is different, how we um, interact with the earth, how we govern ourselves. Everything changes because we become more aware of our oneness. Okay, mm. that's like a very sort of simple way to explain it. But when you leave something that you've known and you move into something else, you grieve it. Okay, that's part of the process of humanness. And so the collective grief is, even though people aren't really aware of it, is we are moving from one consciousness level to another. We've been in this consciousness level for a long time. Your entire lineage has been in this consciousness level for like millennia. Mm. And now we're shifting. So of course there's grief when that happens. And to me, that's a really good sign because as you grieve, it's like, well, what can come from that grief? Yeah. But the grief is required to, for all the reasons we talked about, right? To assess how it was, how we were in it, can we grow from it, you know, give appreciation for, catalyze surrender, catalyze new growth. Mm -hmm. So all that can be experienced, but it's being experienced now on the collective level. So the grief is important for us as humans to start to tear away from, right, have introspection for it, but also the momentum to release what it is that was. Okay, one last question then on sure. that. Do you think it's important as a collective that we if we want to move into the new consciousness with more wisdom, mm -hmm. that we can take that introspective journey mm -hmm. while at the same time going, and how do I grow from that? Exactly. Do you think that would be a benefit for us? Yes, absolutely. And I think that the more we do it collectively and also individually, mm. I think it helps everybody, right? Because to me, um, when the ripple effect of you doing your own inner work radiates out to other people. Okay, so not only does your frequency resonance boy up, which helps them boy their frequency resonance up, but they get to see an example of what's possible. It's like, oh, that person's grieving and they're okay with it. They're holding their center. They're with it. And something about them is appealing to me. Like they're not denying their grief. They're journeying through it. So it gives me context for what is happening to me. Yeah. So it starts to help more people. Ah, so I'm just wondering, will you do a a deep dive on uh, grief so that as a collective we can actually start to do these steps that might help us move in yeah. with, with more wisdom <laughs> <laughs> yeah so after this episode or um, associated with this episode there's a GFC so which is free that if you're interested in moving starting to gain the momentum to move through grief then it's here for you as a tool and if you need to go deeper 
and you there's grief is something that you've had challenge with or something that you're facing now and you want just a little bit more support, then we have given a deep dive on grief and the journey through it, uh, which can start to give you the momentum you need to not only journey through it, but to gain the wisdom and to give you momentum moving forward. For those of you who are new, we're about to start the Group Frequency Calibration, or GFC. This is the most important part of this episode because it's where we actually do the frequency work and where change is catalyzed. So I invite you to settle in and get comfortable. You can sit, stand, or lie down, or if you prefer to walk around slowly, you could even do that too. If during the GFC you find that you start falling asleep, even if you didn't feel tired when you started, just let yourself drift off. That just means that the frequencies are really high and it's more efficient for you to be asleep to integrate them. If this happens, it's good to listen to the GFC portion again a few times until you can stay awake for the whole thing. That's how you'll know you've integrated those higher resonating frequencies. Because I'm working on the frequency level, these GFCs are not like regular meditations, and many people find that they go into varying degrees of altered state. Please definitely do not drive while listening to this. Okay, here we go. Welcome everyone to the group frequency calibration for the unexpected connection between grief and growth. All right. So this is an introductory GFC. It will start to help move you away from the fear of grief and to help you release some of the heaviness of grief so you can continue to move through the journey of it. If you have deeper grief that you need help moving through, I do recommend the deep dive on grief that is available on the website, okay? So, settling in, becoming aware of your body, please. And as you become aware of your body, noticing the back half of your trunk, okay? So the back side of uh, the tops of your shoulders all the way down to underneath your butt, okay? So just noticing the back side of the trunk of the body or the center of the body. Noticing... what it's touching, noticing the stretch of the skin, how much weight this part of the body is bearing, if any. Good. And now please become aware of the soles of your feet. Noticing the distance between your toes. The space between the balls of your feet and your heels. Just noticing the soles of your feet. Good. And now bringing your attention, please, to your breath. Just noticing it at first without changing it for a couple of breaths. And noticing if you have a need to change it or whether you can just watch your breath, observe it, notice it.
And after a few seconds of noticing your breath, allowing the breath to become more full, allowing it to expand further and deeper into the body. Good. And now please imagine your breath expanding and contracting in all directions around you like a balloon. We're starting to cultivate spherical awareness, which is important if you want to be more open to nonlinear opportunities, possibilities, abundance, wisdom. If you maintain only a linear focus, it's really difficult to have access to those things. So by this simple practice of imagining your breath expanding and contracting in all directions around you, beginning to cultivate spherical awareness. And now bringing your attention to your surroundings, noticing the soundscape around you. And if you can, noticing the direction from which the sounds are coming. So especially those that are repetitive and in our close environment and that we don't pay attention to. Okay? So for example, noticing that there is a slight whir of the computer fan and that's coming directly from your right. And further away to the front and also to the right, there's the sound of the wind through a tree outside. And perhaps even further away, this time to the left, the sound of traffic in the distance. So whatever that is for you, noticing the texture of your soundscape. Good. And now, please blink your eyes open and notice the quality of the light. So your focus is soft. You're not looking at anything in particular. You're simply noticing the quality of the light. Mm -hmm. And after a couple of seconds of noticing the quality of the light, Keeping your eyes open, please triangulate. So for those of you who are new, triangulating means to become aware of three inanimate objects in the space around you. What those inanimate objects are is not important. And noticing the distance between each object and you. So for example, if object A is the closet door, and it is about eight feet to you, you would notice the eight feet between the closet door and you. And you would do the same thing for objects B and C. 
And you'll notice that as you do this, your sense of where you are in space will become more clear, more focused, more present for you. And that is important because it helps you center into the zero point of space and time. If you do not know what that is, you can always watch episode 151 of the vlog, but that is for later. For now, triangulating. And whenever you've completed triangulating, blinking your eyes closed, and bringing your attention, please, to right underneath your sternum at your xiphoid process. So your sternum is that big, thick bone in the center of your chest where your ribs meet in front of your body. And right at the bottom of the sternum, when it goes from bone to flesh, if you were to press on it, it's a little sensitive in that spot or a little tender. That is your xiphoid process. So keeping your attention here, let's take a big breath together, inhaling, holding your breath for a count of five. And then whenever your five count is complete, releasing your breath at the speed and intensity you prefer, holding your breath out, for a count of seven. Noticing the length of count that you choose. Noticing your mind, if it struggles with the held out breath, or if you can just simply hold your breath out for that length of time. Just noticing. There is no right nor wrong. It's simply noticing. So we can make the unconscious conscious. And whenever you finish that one single long deep breath, breathing normally, what we're waiting for at this particular juncture is for the mastermind to coalesce and become coherent. So for those of you who are new, whilst we wait for that to happen, please know that I work on you in groups and subgroups. That I sometimes work in silence. And that's typically if I'm working with very high frequencies and the mastermind is high enough in vibration to access those frequencies. In those moments, if I'm speaking, it just lowers the frequency resonance, which does not serve you. I also do make sound. So you might hear me yawn, exhale sharply, or sometimes even hum. And that's often, but not always, when I'm releasing heavier, stickier distortions. And if I say something that resonates with you, it's likely a distortion pattern that you are running. And if I say something that you really resist, like it couldn't possibly be yours, it's likely a distortion pattern that you are running. So I highly recommend being open and curious and to explore further. <sighs> yep, so now that the mastermind has become coherent, bringing your attention please to the center of the heart space, which is right in the center of your chest in your nipple line. 
in addition to the center of your solar plexus, which is between your belly button and the base of your sternum. So finding the center point there. Bringing a hand or fingers to each of these spots. Asking ourselves the question, how can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? So that question again is, how can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? And as you ask yourself that question, please imagine, sense, feel, or become aware of the space at the very center of your body. And as you become aware of that space, imagining, sensing, or feeling a brilliance at its very center that starts to become brighter. And as this brilliance intensifies because you have your attention on it, it starts to expand outwards in all directions. Out through your cells, through your organs, through the bones. out through the flesh and the pores of your skin. Into the space between your physical body and your spirit body, which is a sphere at arm's length all around you. Becoming very aware of the brilliance within the sphere. Good. And now please become aware of the space all around the sphere. And as you become aware of this infinite space, I'm pulling your vibration or frequency resonance higher, irrespective of where it began. And as some of you already know, how high your frequency resonance is dictates everything from what your life looks like, how you feel about it, how much distortion you can release, and how quickly you can change. So this is one of the most important things we do together. Good. Bringing your attention, please, deep into the center of the solar plexus and deep into the heart space. So I'm releasing first the heaviness of grief. You can feel like you can never move beyond it and like it's everywhere. 
So whether the grief is from the actual physical loss of someone, the loss of a relationship, the loss of something that has changed within your body, the loss of a skill, whatever. It doesn't really matter what the loss is. But the grief of that loss can be very heavy and like it will never end. Imagining the heaviness and these distortion patterns, dropping, crumbling, disintegrating away from you and beneath you. Good. Good. Bringing your attention, please to that midpoint of the solar plexus. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is the, depends on who you are, but it depends on the subgroup you're in. Meaning that for some, this is fear. For others, this is resistance to or discomfort with. Grief itself. So we try to avoid it not want to be in it, distract ourselves from it. So releasing this, okay, there's a little subgroup here that is getting overwhelmed by grief, okay, and therefore not able to move forward just because the grief is overwhelming. So whatever subgroup you're in, helping you to release this, Good. Imagining a brilliant deep blue expanding through this space. Just imagining it. Or you can feel it or sense it or see it. And now bringing your attention, please, to the very top of the spine before it becomes your neck. It's the vertebrae that most people will call C7, and some people it's C5, but for most people it's C7. Okay, or if you don't know what that means, just the vertebrae at the very top of your spine before it becomes your neck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I'm amplifying is your trust in the gift of grief, okay? So meaning, the introspection, and 
giving you more distance from it. So you're less overwhelmed by it. Good. Becoming aware now, please, of your xiphoid process at the base of the ribs, of uh, the sternum, and about three inches or seven centimeters just beneath it, in a direct line towards the belly button, clearing out the pain body. Because your pain body has a memory of you before the frequency work was done, which makes it harder to integrate because you're bumping up against that memory. So by clearing out and resetting the pain body, makes it easier to integrate, and it only takes a couple of seconds. Good. This brings us to the end of this group frequency calibration. I look forward to working with you on the next GFC. If the topic of this GFC resonates with you, it's very likely that more work than can be provided in this one GFC is needed to clear or loosen deeply held distortion patterns in areas that are sticky. Because these patterns are like layers of an onion, usually there are multiple layers to individual topics. Depending on how much of a challenge this topic is for you, it may make sense for you to go deeper than what this one session allows. If you feel this is the case for you, please visit sphericalluminosity.com for more targeted support. If you'd like an opportunity to ask me questions in real time, then subscribe to the Spherical Luminosity YouTube channel and click the reminder bell to be notified when I'm about to go on live. For the latest news about upcoming events and to be notified when sessions with me are released, subscribe to our newsletter. Join us and let's rise together.